One day, after our queen has taken the Seven Kingdoms, I'd like to have my own vineyard, make my own wine. The imp's delight. Finally, a girl is Noah. A girl is Arya Stark of Winterfell. And I'm going home. I seriously thought someone was going to reach up from the river and pull him in. <laughs> Week eight. Welcome to Game of Owns. Two eps to go. This was uh, numero eight. Ocho. 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 <laughs> numero ocho. Week eight, guys. Two episodes after this. Too early to get nostalgic? Mm, 15 episodes left so. ever. Not really. Nostalgic like Braun and Pod. You just have to go right for the heartstrings at the very beginning, don't you, Micah? I had so much fun watching that scene and also watching the Tyrion scene. I actually found myself laughing, which... And the Hound. I, I can't not give uh, due props to the Hound, but those scenes, it's just so reminiscent of seasons past and the fun we had with those characters and just seeing them interact again and some of the lines that got to run out there. I was just, uh, I was having a good time watching that part of the show. They really ought to warn us uh, at the beginning of the episode, you know how where it says like brief nudity, violence, they should just say laughter, like funny, funny moments. <laughs> Nostalgia. Nostalgic laughter. funny moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt nostalgic and a sense of finality when Varys was leaving Tyrion. I felt Ugh. like... Gosh, don't you think it's a coincidence that Varys uh, leaves town and then the town is sieged? Huh. <laughs> See, like, wow. that night and Danny returns. <laughs> well, maybe the bell ringers have something to do with it as well. Maybe they're in on it because they waited until the ships were immediately ashore. Yeah, <laughs> all their looking glasses <laughs> were know. smashed apparently in the in the last uprising. No, it was it was a good episode. So much happened, really. Uh, actually, it's you know played sort of catch up with some of the storylines that we had been missing, um, including more Tyrion levity scenes between Misande and Grey Worm, but this one was actually funny, which was great. Did you think it was funny? I did. Well, they, they told jokes. <laughs> <Misande sorry>. <laughs> they, told, they told jokes to each other. I thought that, it was funny. Yeah. How did good. you not? I guess I'm just tired of Tyrion's only role being this whole season, him trying to make bad jokes. Does anyone else get annoyed by that? Well, it's better than hating himself. <laughs> I don't think they were bad. Is it too early yeah. for this? He had, first of all, he had a season one throwback joke. True. I thought we were going to get the punchline, but I hear it's too dirty even for HBO. So <laughs> we didn't get it. We can figure it out ourselves. I still, I just feel like all he's done all season is his drink and I know things quote from earlier. And I, I just don't like that that's all he's been reduced to. I think that. It's certainly a situation where that, like, if that's Tyrion's place, and we know he's a great strategist, we really do. Um, but you know, his purpose in this episode was to have his plan blow up in his face, and the levity side of him is going to be important when we get to a situation where Danny is ruling and her small, where she's back, her small council's back together. He's going to serve an important part. But for this moment, you know, before she came back, before she returned. That's not allowed to shine as much. Uh, and so it may seem like uh, playing for laughs that aren't there. It may seem pathetic or ridiculous. He he was wrong w- in his pact with the Masters. That didn't work out. And it, it, it he has other strengths. But, you know, in that capacity, when they were so, when they were half of a council, um, they weren't, it wasn't going to be perfect. And I think that that is, is showing. I, I, would, I would just like to quote 
uh, and I know we don't normally do this until later in the week, uh, but Vernon on Twitter who gave us his own and said, own goes to Danny for giving everyone the look my mom gives when I was home all day and didn't do my chores. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag grounded. (laughs) Micah said, I'm going to try to be nice this episode. Well, I I feel that overall the, and and again, like this is just immediately following the episode, right? As you get the opportunity to go back and watch again, your perspective on it can change. But I just, this episode to me didn't have the same type of feel as the last couple of episodes, but I think I'll get a greater appreciation for it as uh, I get the opportunity to watch it a few more times. I think this episode was way better than the last handful of episodes. Even better than Broken Man? I thought this episode was better than the last episode, in my opinion. Interesting. I felt like we were finally moving some plot along. Whereas last week, I felt like was more of a setting of the stage and had a different feel to it. And this feels like stuff's actually finally happening again. And so I I like that. that. No, I, I, I can see that because you have some resolution of conflicts that have been outstanding. Arya and the Waith in this episode, Edmure with the River Run, the Seas of River Run. Um, that's that's pretty important, so I can see. Yeah, and I, I liked the Hound, absolutely, last episode. And, and I love his story and, and his kind of journey that we were able to see. But it was... I felt like we're getting back to the full story of this episode. I just kind of cheered out loud when I saw those men sitting around a campfire. They were surrounded by green. I knew that Sandor was coming. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. He went to town. Just yeah. <laughs> he went to town. I yelled out loud. And the dancing tips. Like, that was just, that was, that was fun. The dying tips, too. Yeah. Right? I mean, t- talk, talk, about sitting ar- talk about sitting around <laughs> with your finger up your butt, waiting for death to come. That's it's pretty much that scene personified. Those are your last words. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) It felt very, especially around River Run. It it felt paced to me like uh, comfortably, comfortably slow. I don't want to say like a book. I'm not sure if I would say that if this wasn't based on a book series, but it is. So I think it's okay for a little bias, but it felt comfortably paced to me. Mm -hmm. I liked it. Uh, that scene or s- series of scenes was a little bit tough for me because you saw a complete shift in Jamie's character from what we've come to know over the course of the last even couple of seasons, right? He's completely back into the mindset of doing anything and everything for Cersei, which is a departure from the books. And or, or so he says anyway to Edmure. He, he brings up the line that he said, Right before he threw Bran out of the window in season Things one. we do for love. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And he basically beats Edmure into mental submission by threatening him with his son. And to me, the whole taking of River Run just seemed way too easy. And the fall of one of the more iconic characters in the book, right? Even as he's walking through the halls of River Run with Brienne, he talks about how he knows Brienne's father. This is a man who is revered throughout the Seven Kingdoms. He's just taken out like Barristan Selmy was taken out. And that's a bit disappointing to me. Off screen. I, I wouldn't say that Jamie's character has changed. Ultimately, he... He waves to Brienne. As well, that was the, the best. Well, there's that. You're a douche, but you're kind of nice. Then there's also the, the lack of... The complete lack of bloodshed. In River Run, which was what Brienne wanted, and it's and it's and it keeps his oath. We should talk about the conversation between Jamie and Edmure. What I thought was 
going to be a conversation ended up uh, growing into what I think is one of the strongest scenes in the, maybe the strongest scene in the episode. And for me, one of the, one of the more memorable scenes from Jamie Lannister, I got to see him shift, like you guys are saying, into the kind of person that is incredibly loyal to Cersei that you're calling the old Jamie. We loved seeing him standing opposite of Brienne, and we think when they're locking eyes and they're they're sharing sort of a mutual threat that we might be enemies toward the end of the day or toward the end of this siege, you think, oh, they might kiss each other, or like they want to at least. And then we, we move into the scene where he's sitting across from Catelyn's brother, and the implications there are massive. And we're, we're sort of cheering for him. And that's, isn't that weird? Well, we're thinking about the, this, this lock in of conversations. They're talking about the red wedding, a moment where we were 100% definitively on the sides of the Sarks because they were slaughtered. They were massacred, breaking guest rights unhonorably. Yet Jamie, who in this case is representing the Lannister family, there wasn't a line drawn in the sand. We just wanted to watch it. We just wanted to see it happen and play out in front of us but toward the end of their conversation which i think was very revealing and was a fantastic way to really bring i thought the riverlands and even into a a a greater focus with with edmure's character because he's sitting there looking at someone that is very very important to us jamie lannister the deeper they got into their conversation the more i don't want to say bad but the more visceral jamie got at the end of it did you guys feel warm toward jamie at all like you have been maybe even for the past few years i mean i certainly did this this whole episode i think is meant to raise these questions you also have brienne going to bat uh for jamie and you know edmure doesn't quite spit on him but i i thought it might come to that real quick uh real soon but you just have these people who are on opposite sides um fighting and 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 the blackfish who was unfortunately given an off-screen death uh, in this episode. I say unfortunate because we know that it would have been epic to catch. Um, but otherwise, you know, you have this this guy who just wants to keep us home. And I, I really thought driving that that line home, talking about where he talked about Sansa, just wanting to to get her home back, keep her home, you know, and that's all he wants. Sure, Edmure goes in, though, and is able to, you know, make it so that everyone besides the blackfish presumably stays alive so what's what's the right answer for jamie who kept that oath that very few people know about uh but also kept his word to not slaughter everyone and and man woman and child inside the city which it could have come to very easily it could have come to that so it's a situation where you're sacrificing one for the good of many well the blackfish i think chose that uh still you know the blackfish himself could have walked uh right to winterfell uh, you know, he chose not to because this was no longer his, this was no longer his world. It wasn't his fight. He, he decided that it was going to be over. He wants to die in his castle. He wants to die in his, and he did. Presumably. Another off-screen death. He's going to join Stannis on the back of a dragon in the final, <laughs> in the finale. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't see that coming though. I don't know if it didn't quite play out the way that we had discussed that it could have maybe played out, um, with Edmure going in there. And, I mean, as soon as it started happening immediately, I think that we all caught on to what was going on. Um, but like you were saying, Zach, I do think that that conversation with Edmure and Jamie was really interesting because it could have gone so many different ways and for it to then lead to Edmure going in and surrendering the castle. I thought it was a great scene. He's Tyrion's brother. You know, it worked out. When Edmure was like, how do you tell yourself that you're decent after everything that you've done? I was sleeping at night. That was something for Jamie. 
And for us to be sort of looking at him and waiting for his response, like, you know, as a reminder to the audience, this is that man. How do you tell yourself that you're decent, Jamie? You know, we just kind of uh, we're, we're put on the other side of that because we haven't been really since uh, Catelyn was staring down Jamie and Brienne was staring down Jamie. But that was riddled with humor. We haven't necessarily been on the other side of that conversation in a long time. So I thought it was it was very interesting. But um, no matter how it shook out, you have to give Jamie Lannister credit for breaking the siege in the way that he did where very little blood was shed compared to what could have been shed. Mm -hmm. And I was worried after that scene with Podrick and Braun that we were seeing the last of Podrick Payne in this episode because it felt very happy, very goodbye-y. And luckily, you know, they just rode away. On the other hand, it might still, it might be the last time we see Pod. Uh, There were other characters who we last saw rowing a boat who never showed up again. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Don't hold your breath. I think it's just him on the way back to Winterfell. (laughs) I think that, uh, yeah, their their boats will cross and they'll Mm -hmm. just kind of look at each other. (laughs) Gendry was actually in the distance, if you can see him. He was the shadow behind the wave in the promotional photo. (laughs) Thank God. Can we talk about that? Because that officially released photo, uh, I'm sure... You can find it if you uh, search like Waif and this episode title, no one. Uh, the shadow guy, the shadow behind the Waif totally looks like Ciro Pharrell. Like the small afro and built uh, silhouette of... We got owned. The old, we believed we did, we for a second. Watching I didn't believe. It in this, you watching never believed the rest episode, of us believed. No. You guys didn't in, believe. In high definition, uh, this episode, it's it's just some other guy. It it cannot. It does not even like it's subtly meant to look like Ciro. It just it's just some other guy, um, which is which is sort of disappointing. But and he's walking towards right as opposed to walking up the staircase. I think, I think he was going, yeah, just kind of like to another, yeah. like it was one of those, like he was the hallway with a couple of people. <laughs> he was just shopping. <laughs> he was just shopping. Arya, yeah. first of all, needs to repay once she's back in Westeros and gets a bit of coin, all of those vendors that lost their fruit on those steps because uh. she wrecked the market. <laughs> Street rat. Yeah, I was just going to say, I felt like why was watching Aladdin the whole time. Yeah, so we saw the famous leap. Yes. We did. Finally. The Both famous broken. <laughs> chase scene. Arya's trending on Twitter right now. I'm That's cool. still just so she confused. Should. She does deserve that. You're confused? I'm confused. I, I'm still confused by Arya's actions. I think okay. through, even throughout most of this episode, I was still just like, what are you doing, Arya? Like she took that... Milk of the poppy. Yeah, she's still running from the waif and she's just sleeping in her bed. She still just has been acting in a way that I think is weird. It might not mean anything. And and I think that obviously she came out of it alive or, or on the upswing. Well, one of my theories was right. What's that? Is that Lady Crane was going to be the one to yeah. nurse her back to I, health. Yeah, I was oh, happy yeah. about that. Well, that's, I mean, in terms of like last known associates, Lady Crane was number one on the list. So I, I am surprised in Arya taking Milk of the Poppy because the way clearly found her. I liked, though, that the Waif was able to get that name off the list. You know, obviously kill her and be like, hey, she could have died. Like, it's your fault. She died with pain. Uh, if you'd have just killed her, you know, like that line to Arya was great. But I, I do kind of think that some of Arya still is misdirection. I know there's been, there were crazy theories last week. We talked about just a few of them about, you know, whether the Arya we were seeing was really even Arya. I think, you know, she was definitely mostly pretty darn wounded but towards the end when she's leading 
the waif into the dark room uh she kind of i think was was sort of pretending to be a little bit more injured because then we see her with jack at the end uh and she seems to be pretty darn healthy again she was stabbed pretty pretty well one thing i was gonna bring up though is we're not 100 percent clear on how much time has passed since she has been in this condition right we're thinking it may be less than 24 or 48 hours but who knows maybe it's been a week maybe it's been two weeks it's hard to tell so i'm not saying that one recovers from that type of wound even in two weeks very quickly so i agree there's a little bit of um discontinuity there in terms of her ability to recover but maybe lady crane worked some magic on her and and Arya's got abs of steel, so she was able to... But she's to... still bleeding when she's yeah. running. But guys, this means that Arya was the one who was hanging out in Bravos last week, just throwing money down the table and yeah, looking at... Yeah, I don't at... like that. I don't what? like that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's another fair point, because I wouldn't think that Arya, given everything that she's been taught and gone through, would have been that careless, unless she was trying to draw the waif to her and just mm. and maybe that's what it wasn't was. I mean, ready maybe, and maybe she knew that's what she did this episode right. she cut the lamp yeah. the, the candle and then it got lit well as soon as she picked up needle because uh, throughout this whole thing i'm just waiting for some explanation as to why aria has been acting the way she's been acting and maybe there is no explanation and maybe we're just supposed to i don't know but as soon as she picked up needle i was like okay well this but that is was her Arya. spot right a couple of episodes where we saw right. her go to sleep Right, yeah. but that was just like confirmation that maybe she's had some sort of plan, or at least in the in the last moments she's figured out some sort of plan. What's also weird to me though is that we see Jacken's face at the end of this episode, and it's almost like he approves of the fact that she's Arya Stark. Look, I've been calling her teacher's pet for like six episodes <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> Nobody's ever acknowledged it. There hasn't been gratitude. There hasn't been any kind of I'm good job, Eric. Good job. She's graduated now from the school of black and white. Like who the fu- like? What did she have to do for? She just broke all the rules, and presumably the the many faced god is happy because it's uh, another face for his wall. Also. Was that a? You guys think that that was a blank uh, spot to begin with, where she put the uh, wave's face up, or do you think she took a face with her? I don't care. <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> Wait, you're the one. Oh, who my, are, why don't you Wait, care, though? Finish your. I just think that we're <laughs> explaining away a uh, like we're trying to navigate a pretty obvious like like all. It's very clear what 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 has happened. You know, Arya. Got hurt by the waif, then she got found by the waif. The waif killed someone that she saved before and that we grew close to, and then the waif chased her like T one thousand from Terminator two, <laughs> and then the waif almost <laughs> killed her, and then Arya, you know, somehow, came. some way in the dark, she didn't movie. get to see. I, th- mm. I think that Arya could could fight her back. Fine, like that's totally it's totally ble- it's all believable. You know, mm-hmm. and so she like a boss. Like Arya had to cut the wave's face off. That's cool. She cut the wave's face off I, like I don't a even boss. Think she prepped it properly. She yeah, she just <laughs> took it right into the house of black and white. Tough, hung it up on the wall herself, and said, "I'm Arya Stark of Winterfell." Boom. Mike but that's Trump. it. But that's it. It's not. I don't think it's any more complicated now. We thought it would mm-hmm. be, and I think that we just saw the house of black and white for the last time, but. Any hopes and dreams of a of a deeper connection to the world of the story? I don't think that's going to happen, guys. I think yeah, that's well, it. Well, that's, that's my it. thing. Is like I think that you're right when you're saying that 
you know, this is what happened and that's all we're going to get. But that's, I think we're trying to explain it away because we want it to be different or because we we feel like there's got to be something else other than Arya getting stabbed and then killing the waif and then peacing out. We were so happy last episode that this episode was called No One. We're like, here it comes, guys. Here it comes. Wait. I just feel like it's not, it just isn't very satisfying. The the most satisfying thing about it that I can find is that Jack and wasn't Arya or, you know, like some of the, some of the things that I, you know, like at least it was her all the time, you know, that's kind of cool. Mm. It's season six. We're in Bravos. Arya is a fan favorite. We're in a fan, like we're in the house of black and white. The, the mystery is deep. This is a great opportunity. We have Arya mentioning what's west of Westeros. Right. And just, yes. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. I just wonder now what her purpose is going to be. What is it that she ultimately is looking to accomplish? So let's say she has completed her training. She's gotten her diploma from the House of Black and White. <laughs> and now, black and white. what? What is it going to be black and white. for her to ultimately do upon her return to Westeros? Where is she going to sail to? She's getting on a ship. Where is it going? Is it going, going to King's home. Landing? Well, yeah. Yeah, but we all know how well going home works. She's going to go kill people off her list. Mm, okay. Like, yeah. what's, what's the big moment from this episode? Her saying, I'm Ari. We knew that she was a badass. Yeah, yeah. And there's no we've question. We've known she's a badass for years. Yeah. And there's no question that we've known who she is this whole time. She knows who she is. I don't think we've ever, at least I've ne- never felt like she was going to actually become no one. Right? Well, I, no, I, I thought it was Maybe. compelling, but ultimately it's who defines her. I think think we were talking about this recently i was like oh it's all one journey where she like at least she's presented with the option to become somebody else which and not many people get that chance she happened to save the life of a faceless man years ago and you know this is her in that's her token that's her credit uh to go and study uh this magic at this uh in this house but you know ultimately it's not for her so she leaves what does she learn like what 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 will she now be able to do? Because I, I also don't think they'll steal take... faces, maybe. maybe. Well, and I feel like we wouldn't be asking this question if she hadn't been... Maybe I just need to get over this. But if she hadn't been so weird last episode, and even at the beginning of this episode, maybe we sure. wouldn't be asking these questions because I just feel like she's kind of backpedaled a little bit mm-hmm. with, yeah. with last episode and the beginning of this episode when she's just not at the top of her game. And you would think that coming out of this situation, coming out of what she learned in the house of black and white and escaping that she would be on her a game and she's not. And so she was stabbed. Maybe that had something to do with it. She was stabbed because she was being an idiot. Yeah. (laughs) She was cavorting in public. Yeah. Yeah. So are we supposed to take away from this? We've talked about how we feel about it. And and I think we just feel a little bit confused. But are we supposed to take away from this uh, inspiration, the thought that Arya had a a hard, tough road to get here, questioned her identity and joined this cult uh, and was indoctrinated and then and then realized through her indoctrination and through the play and through some humanity between her and Lady Crane and just uh, people, laughter, fun, camaraderie that she is Arya of Westeros. Is that is that our takeaway? Is that our mm, let's cheer at the end of episode eight? I, yeah, what an own. Is that it, it must be what they go I for. Guess. Well, it's I wouldn't give it an own. If I had, it got a lot of owns. A lot of listeners wrote in. I thought maybe, maybe that I just feel yeah. weird about this because I expected it to be more complicated. Out of all of Bravos, I, I will have to say that I know it's kind of early in 
we're not doing this yet. But the play scenes have been some of my favorite scenes in this whole season. So if for no other reason than my own satisfaction, I haven't hated all of Bravos. But you know that that was probably also Arya's strongest uh, own in this episode. If I were to give an own for to Arya, we're not an owns yet. But if I were to give an own to Arya for this episode, it would have to be her acting tip, uh, which the Lady Crane heeded. Uh, and you got to see some anger from fake Cersei up on stage. Um, that was, that to me was, that was, that was excellent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've really liked those scenes. I agree. I think that scene also set up the scene that followed it in the episode with Lady Crane taking care of Arya, right? It, it's not exactly parallel, but it is a mother taking care or trying to of her son in, in a very, difficult moment and then you have lady crane taking care of aria it, to me at least in my mind i drew parallels between those two scenes and you have to ask yourself the question you know, if aria doesn't save lady crane in that moment then what does aria get saved later on yeah it, it's all about the events that get set into motion right if if aria kills lady crane well then how does the story play itself out but because aria saves her she has somebody who can in turn save her own life later on in the story. Yeah. I mean, that's such a loop because the person, like she is haunted because she didn't kill Lady Crane. So she could have killed Lady Crane and then just not had a gut wound. But, but that was the whole test. I mean, remember right. she is seeing her own story play out before her very eyes. So that's true. This is a test on the highest level from somebody like Jackin or whomever he may be. Did she fail that test? I think that we're explaining away some clunkiness, guys. It just didn't work. Yeah, yeah, but she may have taken an indirect route in order to pass it, but I still think she passed the test. How's that? Well, she still achieved Jackson clearly what Jackson wanted. Yeah, and she made it out alive. Yeah, he mm. kind of let her go. And if this is the takeaway, if it, you know, if it's this simple, then cool, because uh, I do love Arya. I support her as a character, and for her to come out of this scary situation uh, the way she did strongly, putting her own bloody face up on the wall with the eyes cut out and the throat slit and to have no one follow her, you know, high five. Good job. Uh, yeah, I just, I just can't help but think that we did spend quite a lot of screen time collectively in, in Bravos with Arya throughout this season, last season. There was that whole period of time where she was completely blind and in training. Uh, there was, I mean, just trying to get into the mm-hmm. House of Black and White. Which set her up for this. I mean, ultimately, for I this think, fight with I the wave, the, right? The, the, she, the she can't payoff. really see anything. Maybe the payoff is going to come when we go to, when we make it back to Westeros. Do you think this is how Arya and Bravos will play out in the books? It's hard to say. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's an easy way to close the loop for the show and to bring her back to Westeros where inevitably she's going to be, but... I'm still struggling also with what she really learned here and stuff that quite honestly, she didn't need to go all the way to Bravos to figure out. Yeah, I mean, she, she was, was doing, doing just a good as good job, a job. Yeah, yeah. with the hound. <laughs> You're having more fun with the hound. Well, thank God I'm Sandor confused. Clegane's back. I know, but I, I also go back to when Melisandre looked into her eyes, right? When she found her with the Brotherhood, when she came to get Gendry. And and just what she said about how dangerous, what she says, something about seeing death in her eyes, mm. there has to be more to it unless they're just completely closing the loop on Bravos to get her back for th- these these next 
well that's what episodes. i said that's what i said last episode is i'm wor- i am worried that they just wanted to close this up and tie it up quickly so that we can just get out of here and move aria back to the main center of action we'd like to take a moment and thank a new sponsor of the podcast Harry's. A Harry shaving set will make the perfect Father's Day gift. It looks cool, it feels special, and it's something Dad will actually use. With Harry's, you get a great shave at a fair price. Each razor is loaded with five German-crafted blades. While supplies last, Harry's is offering a special limited edition shave set for Father's Day. Get one for Dad and one for yourself, too. I first heard about Harry's in 2014 when they purchased the factory itself that manufactures their blades. Quality razor blades are really hard to make, and historically, a couple of major brands have controlled almost all of the world's razor blade factories. They've used that position to earn huge profits by selling razor blades at really high prices. Harry's is now the only brand in the world that makes blades and sells them directly to you. We're happy that they've sponsored the show because this is a company that controls what they create from the ground up. But if you're looking for serious quality at a seriously great price, we have a very special offer on the show today. Go to harrys.com right now and redeem a special offer for fans of the show. Harry's will give you $5 off your first purchase with promo code OWNS. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com. Enter code OWNS, O-W-N-S, at checkout to get $5 off. Harry's Truman set comes in at $15. So with our $5 promotion, that is a shaving set for $10. That's a pretty great deal. That is a pretty great deal. To get $5 off your first purchase at Harry's, go to harrys.com and use promo code OWNS. Thanks, Harry's. We'd like to take a moment and remind you that this episode of Game of Owns is brought to you by Loot Crate. Loot Crate is a monthly subscription box service for epic geek and gamer items and pop culture gear. For less than $20 a month, you can get four to eight items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and more. Make sure to head to lootcrate.com owns and enter code owns to save $3 on any new subscription. Loot Crate is more than just a subscription service. It's an entire community of fans that share their experience and interact with each other around the unboxing of each month's crate. And they guarantee $40 plus in value in every crate. Sometimes it's a lot more. Every month there's a different theme and all items are curated around that theme. Previous crates have included items from franchises like Star Wars, Marvel, The Walking Dead, The Legend of Zelda, Mm. and many more. Pop culture is full of brave new worlds and societies in flux that don't always turn out for the best. This is a Game of Thrones podcast. You know this. Yes. June's theme will be exploring some of the ways things can go wrong with dystopia, featuring classics RoboCop, Terminator 2, The Matrix, and new favorites Bioshock Infinity and Fallout 4. We've got a figure, cool collectibles, and of course, our dystope-terrific monthly tea. Remember, you only have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. So go to lootcrate.com slash owns and enter code owns to save $3 on your new subscription today. Well, regardless of how Arya makes her way back to Westeros and what she does when she's there, I do hope she pairs up with the Hound again at some point because... Just the comedic duo that the two of them, <laughs> it, there's, there's just a lot of possibilities. The Hound's chicken references continue. <laughs> I they did. Chicken. Interesting group for him to meet up with, though, because at least the way that I thought the direction of the Brotherhood had gone based on the last right. episode was 
completely opposite of what we had come to know mm-hmm. from Beric Dondarrion, from Thoros Amir. And quite honestly, I was shocked to see Beric Dondarrion. I knew that Thoros Amir was going to be in this season just from casting, but to see Beric there as well, and now them trying to recruit the Hound, they seem to be the good side of the Brotherhood as opposed to the side that has gotten a little bit uh, off course, uh, mm-hmm. like Lem Lemon Cloak who met his untimely end in this episode and, and the brotherhood had to force the hound um, be, to off him in a certain way, which I, I thought was, <laughs> it was really kind of weird funny. that they're arguing how they're going to dispose of, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, because if it was up to the mountain for him stealing his shoes, well, that stealing was, his boots. That was like, so funny. That was he hood like, because he's he like dying. measures his foot <laughs> <laughs> to make sure it fits. <laughs> Is it wrong that these are some of my favorite scenes in Game of Thrones? Maybe. There might be, as a psychologist might might have something to say about that. But I I think that that's, that is something I think we all share these, these moments where you're like, oh, we shouldn't find this entertaining or funny or some, I mean, I think we all agree it's, we would, none of us would want that to be our last experiences in this world is this guy trying on our shoes as we uh, hang and and slowly suffocate. Um, But it is fiction and, and that it does allow us, uh, some leeway i think to understand that this character uh has now avenged the septon uh ray father ray brother ray father ray <laughs> forget is he a priest was he Catholic? uncle ray i don't know uncle ray uncle ray yeah, um, yeah. drop that uh, oh you yeah, bloody girl he, uh, <laughs> he's and it's a new hound it's a, it's really ultimately uh a hound that is i think just somehow more optimistic and i don't know why but in the conversations that he was having with the Brotherhood and they're trying to recruit him and stuff, I honestly think that he knew that he was going to say yes before he did. I don't even think he did say yes in this episode, but I think that it really ultimately, like, it's not much of a question. These people were so glad, I think, I certainly am, to find out that the Brotherhood is still uh, a force for good, mostly, that that, that Beric and Thoros have not gone to the dark side and changed their ways um, and are now punishing those who did. It was a good feeling because now the hound is sort of a natural fit for these dudes. They negotiated how many people he could kill out of the three of them that were hanging. Seven. Give me two of them. (laughs) (laughs) He had some really funny lines this episode. They're all delivered with a smile. It's not even like an ironic smile. He's just genuinely happy to be there. I don't know. It was great to see Thoros Amir again and Beric Dondarrion. And Old it was faces. so interesting to see them standing together. And, I, and they kind of talked about it too. Like, hey, we're standing here and not killing each other. And, <laughs> and, and the hounds talking shit like everyone dies. Well, not him, but, but I think eventually the everyone we dies. Asked last so. week and still be asked now is what is his purpose going to be? What are his next steps? The North was mentioned and man... Uh, how epic would that be if they join up? That's well, now especially that Tom and Rune Clegane Bowl, we have to find some <laughs> yeah, other purpose for the hound. About something. Yeah, we need to get hyped about something else. The hound, the cold winds are rising in the north. He joins up with the Brotherhood Without Banners. I can see the hound wearing furs. I mean, Tommen and Edmure top the puss list of, of this episode. <laughs> what list was that? The wimp list. <laughs> so does the rest of the uh, Faith Militant. They saw one guy get their head ripped off, off literally off their shoulders. I mean, that's... Mm-hmm. That was so amazing. That's, that's enough violence better. for today. Yet another instance of Cersei uh, showing her cards a little too soon or basically causing her own problems. I mean, I, I think... 
anyone could have guessed that she would have gone the way of trial by combat at the time of her trial. But that brief show of force when she's being summoned and refuses with Lancel and the men, the faith militant, uh, I think really drove that point home. And so mm-hmm. it was no surprise to me in the throne room uh, yeah. to hear. And I think we predicted this on a previous episode as well, uh, that, you know, they would find a way to rule out the possibility mm-hmm. of trial by combat. Because well, she's relied on it too much. She's been too confident in the too fact that obviously. That's, that's how she'd, she'd make it out. But it was interesting to see Tommen deliver that because he definitely looks very in- insecure and mm. we can be annoyed at him. But to me, it's been interesting to watch how he's kind of got himself in this situation and there's no going back. So whether or not he actually mm-hmm. feels this way, um, in my mind, he like you look at his face and he just looks like he's filled with so much doubt. Well, it's he's just being manipulated by somebody other than his mother at this point. And, yeah. and I think Cersei is getting a taste of her own medicine a little bit. She has consistently been in his ear for such a long period of time. I mean, she couldn't control Joffrey. And now she's faced with another of her sons that she's not able to control because the High Sparrow has clearly gotten inside of his head and, and been able to manipulate him. Who knows what the conversations between them have been? Maybe we'll find out a little bit more about that as time goes on. But I think it's setting up a really bad end for him. If Next episode seems to be really focused on the battle for Winterfell and the battle of the bastards. But episode 10, I think could ultimately be doing be Tommen's undoing mm-hmm. at the hand of, of his own mother. And mm-hmm. I think she she recognized that in this episode as he's walking out of the throne room that she's lost control and she's not really sure how to regain it. She's she's all by herself, as the Queen of Thorns pointed out last week. And and what is she going to do in order to try and regain power or just let everything go to shit? Guys, she's got the Candyman in her corner. Candyman. And she Kyburn's candy corner. Oh, birds. candy yeah. Kyburn has some candy for her. Kyburn's got something up his sleeve. Mm-hmm. Remember that thing we talked about? She's Remember? like, yeah, the wildfire. Wink, wink. I mean, the yeah. thing. The thing. <laughs> so, she's going to burn it all down. She's going to burn down King's Landing. Yeah. Which Bran saw in his visions. Yeah. The stuff with Tommen's got to happen before him because there's no way she's putting him in danger, no matter how pissed off she is at everyone. Could be a mercy kill, you think? Would do that to Tommen. You think she's going to do it? No. No. She's going to kill Tommen? No. Maybe by accident. It would be the. This episode, I'll rewatch it for sure, but I I I first just had a thought where it's like. What if he's the one? I mean, he's most directly the person who stands in the way of her trial by combat. No, because the High Sparrow's pulling his strings. And yeah. at the end of the day, that's her son. You know, this is a very recent thing that, that he's got such a tight hold on Tommen. But with Marjorie as well, you know, I, I don't think the longevity of this situation is there. Like, I don't think that Tommen would always be like this. Certainly not as he grew older, but I think that there's too much momentum happening right now that Cersei wants this, especially with the, I mean, the trial, there's going to be seven septums that, that yeah. judge her and that judge uh, Loras on separate occasions. So I think we have to look to that. If it's happening in the Sept of Baylor, I think we have to look to that. We have to look to what's happening now to uh, be sort of like the litmus at uh, where things are going to end and how they will happen. But Varys is, is en route, it seems. 
So we have to factor that in as well. Is yeah, he? that's that's what he said, but that's very interesting. Well, he doesn't want the kingdom to be against them. He doesn't, you know, as Daenerys moves her campaign, he I think he's he's heading to win mm-hmm. allies ahead of time. There's no right. there's no young dragon, there's no prince. Yeah, but part of me wondered is he on his way to Volantis? Is he on his way to even the Iron be. Islands to treat with the Crow's Eye. Like, I feel like clearly Theon and Yara are closer and they have ships and they can take out the ships that are currently attacking Marine. Drogon probably took care of that off screen. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> but I, I don't know. That's just kind of where my mind first went. But yeah. I also think that those that are counseling Tommen are in a world of trouble uh, from the High Sparrow to Kevin Lannister, who treated his niece like shit in this episode, mm-hmm. to Grandmeister Pycelle, who we saw whispering in Tommen's ear. Mm-hmm. I think that the small council is in a lot of danger and at risk of getting very much smaller <laughs> by the end of the season. The end of the season's almost here. I mean, think about how many episodes we've seen folks like Sam or even Tyrion. I know that Tyrion's story Dorn. is Dorn. Remember Dorn? Remember there's sand snakes in the capital, guys. I still predict one more minute of Dorn this season. <laughs> I'm just saying we have to expect that if we're not getting much after season six, and by much I mean what we're used to getting, full seasons, that um, where people are heading or have been heading as of now are kind of where they're going to tie things up, at least. For the, the, maybe it's it's the arc before the final arc. It's the arc before they join the final arc, I guess. So um, we can expect that Daenerys, I guess, in episode... If we, if, we, if episode nine looks like it's going to, from judging from the preview, be specifically based in the north at Winterfell right. for this grand battle... Um, will be on the move, will be working steadily. I don't think that these ships are going to be much of a problem. The way that she entered the Great Pyramid was just, I mean, there it is. You know, she just walks in. Mm-hmm. That was badass. Mommy's it was own. badass. She just flies up on a dragon. I mean, I guess. Just in the nick of time. They turn their ships around. They're like, all right, we're going back to If you. a dragon lands off screen, does it, <laughs> we does, take does it, it really back. We take it back. <laughs> Doesn't land at all. That was Hannah's joke. <laughs> that was my joke. Thanks, Eric. Sorry, I knew you weren't going to say it. You said you're going to set me up, and instead you you betrayed me. What was my setup? I teased me on this joke setup. for like three or four minutes before we even recorded because I missed it. All for that. I, 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 I forgot. I forgot what my setup it could have been the other two. I, that that's where my mind went initially. That they were defending. Marine, and then it turned out to be Danny. But I thought it could have been the other two dragons that supposedly Tyrion freed. Like, but uh, yeah, we yeah. haven't heard from in I don't even know how many episodes at this point. Yeah, our, our options for resolution or They're even adorned. just growth in a lot of different places are running ever thinner. Especially yeah. if, like I said, next episode is all based around a battle. So this is yeah. a depressing conversation. I just feel. I feel a little defeated thinking of that, but I don't think that you're wrong. I was fine with the way that Danny entered in, though, in this episode. I thought that that was, I think it's great that she's back in Marine, and I'm glad that she made it that way. I, mean, I don't really have a problem with with that. I thought it was pretty cool. Do you think Tyrion's in trouble? No, I don't know if Tyrion's in trouble. I mean, I don't, I think that Tyrion did the best with what he knows with what he had. 
And I don't know how it could have gone differently for Tyrion. He might have delayed that, to be honest. I mean, the the masters were in the city uh, per his invitation recently, but they they possibly would have been brooding and made this decision faster without him. Yeah, I think that he... I'm, I mean, him saying he made the right choice, I don't know. But I, I think that... I don't think he's going to be in trouble. I think that... I don't know what other options he necessarily had that were going to work out better for him. I just hope that Arya sets the precedent here for Danny to finally head to Westeros. We're all heading back to Westeros. Mm-hmm. Let's go west of Westeros. Mm-hmm. Let's. <laughs> Let's go to the place where the map's at. I mean, not. <laughs> I, I'm really, I'm intrigued that she said that. Is it just a passing comment? Like it's Arya's mind thinking... You know, at some point, someday, maybe when this is all said and done, she's going to go explore what's west of Westeros, or was it meant to mean more? If you would have asked me last week, maybe I would have given you a different answer. Right. Maybe. I mean, what, was that this episode? Now she's just talking the, uh, nonsense, right? Yeah. We have time. I mean, maybe. Could just be a line. Cool line. Could just be, well, why is nobody ever going west to west? That, that's what bothers me, because you look at the maps. The end of the world. Yeah. That's what Essos is Lady so Crane well said. detailed, but there's nothing west. But those hound scenes. <laughs> I still really liked this episode. I still think that there was a I lot of... Too. I think there was a lot of good conversations. I really liked the Riverlands, um, and I loved... I mean, there's a lot of scenes that I loved. I think that we could spend, and we have spent all day, being annoyed about Arya... But um, aside from that, I felt like I felt like it was a great episode. Did you guys just not expect more? Well, this I mean, I'm feeling I feel sad right now. Like we don't have very many episodes left of this show. Or it's just walking out of the house is black yeah. and white. Blackfish <laughs> dies off screen. I feel like I can't have a, a conversation about what's west of Westeros because we have no time to go there. That doesn't mean we're not going to go there in the well, I mean, we got plenty of time in the books, but yeah, I don't know. in terms of the show, it's like, well, well... I just root for the show to do a good job, and I just don't think that uh, there are ships here. There's Danny here. That's the that's the height of the conflict in Marine. Like, I thought there was going to be fire and blood in Marine. I just feel like, to me, it's obvious that they're they're speeding it up. Like that they realized, oh, we don't have as much time as we thought we were going to have. So the centerpiece is Ramsey Snow grimacing at John. Guys, I know we're feeling a little bit down, but uh, I brought something to cheer us up. It's uh, the first batch of Imp's Delight. <laughs> it's, uh, I thought you I ha- would. <laughs> I have it here in this uh, flask here. Uh, here, let me pour you some. Micah, here's yours. Hannah. <laughs> Hannah. Thanks, Eric. Let's do Owens, bitches. All right. I'm excited for all the new stock that we're going to come up with at Can- Kyburn's Candy Corner. <laughs> now that I have a few more screenshots of him. Get some toffee, would you? <laughs> some toffee. Yeah. I-, I literally have a screenshot of him going, ooh. And Cersei's like, oh, no. And it was do like, you guys have coffee at Kyburn's Candy Corner? Uh, coffee cakes. That oh. was what we, mm. yeah. Mm. Mm. Well. Coffee cake mm-hmm. is delicious, I love by the way. Cake. Coffee cake coffee is cake great. Is delicious. That's my favorite. Yeah, I have coffee cake. Uh, I'm going to have to go for something to do with that guy that he killed because I bet Kyber just scooped up that body in his neck. I thought you were giving your own. We're still talking about candy. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, okay. Oh, no, no, no. Well, I already, okay, I got to say the Tyrion line, so that's not going to be on. Um, I'm going to give my own this week to Brienne of Tarth. Uh, and, you know, excellent performance as always. Uh, but for the line in particular where she really, uh, sets it, uh, 
really states it clearly for Jamie. Honor compels me to fight for Sansa's kin. As in, I'm going to be your enemy. <laughs> my love, my one true love. The kiss didn't happen, but I thought that that scene between uh, Jamie and Brienne was steamy and everything that I wanted it to be. Well, clearly, um, uh, Bronn thought something was going to happen. Yeah. Already. Fucking- <laughs> You're the one with the magic cock. <laughs> Who's owning Bronn? Uh, Bronn owned himself. And they were practicing right there among the siege tents. That was cool. My own is actually going to go to Ferris. Okay. Who I'm waiting. Can, who conveniently appears when Danny disappears and conveniently disappears when Danny appears. <laughs> What's up what with are you this? saying? Whoa. <laughs> I'm just huh. saying. Whoa. Just saying. <laughs> huh. Okay. Discuss. <laughs> Maybe a time for another episode. <laughs> Hannah, Zach, Eric already kind of gave his own to Brienne, but I'm going to do that anyway. I'm going to give my kind own, of. I'm going to give my own to <laughs> Brienne and Podrick and Jamie when Brienne and pa- Pod are rowing away, and Jamie is watching them from the castle, and they wave to each other. <laughs> I just can't. I couldn't handle it. I loved that moment so much. I just loved. I, ha- I felt like. They just had so many cool moments between each other this episode without having to say anything. And I thought that that was such a sweet moment between them that he let her go. And what was he going to do? I mean, I don't know. I mean, but he, he didn't have to, though. That's no? true. No. Yeah. She's going to fight with and for the Starks. Yeah. They're enemies, not enemies now, but they're fighting on different sides. And it was cool to have the mutual respect and understanding and care for one another whether whatever that means um and i just really loved when they waved to each other almost like a glimpse of the future when everything falls down and uh, who is on what side doesn't matter but it's just the love and the friendship that everyone has for each other just being people yeah, yeah. loved it honorable mention to jamie reminding edmure tully that rebelling against the crown does have consequences Ooh, yeah that was hard I was like, I, mean, I know all that really bad stuff happened, but you did rebel you against the crown. Yeah. That was interesting. I think, uh, let's give it to Tyrion. Tyrion was a bit, uh, he was stir crazy after Varys left. We've seen him try to socialize with his two friends enough. <laughs> this most famous dwarf in all of the world, or at least in all of the marine. I'd say maybe all of the world. Sure. And he's sitting at the top of the Great Pyramid at the top of his game. And uh, I he managed to create, you know, more jokes, more fun. And uh, the conversation was great. And wine was being drunk in the honor of, of Daenerys and also for the, uh, the sake of Tyrion's sanity, which I think <laughs> he'll figure out eventually what to do with mm. himself when he's not busy. Own to Tyrion just because. It's always a safe bet. Those are our owns. If uh, you want to continue to add to the satchel that is ever growing, that has been collecting owns over the course of the last few hours since the show has aired, you can do so in a number of different ways. Including over on Twitter. You can have reply us at Game of Owns or go to twitter.com slash Game of Owns. Check out our feed. Check out our live tweets of the episode as they air. Our retweets of your owns following. And mostly, if you own us, We'll include your tweet on our next show. 
scroll upon our Facebook wall, facebook.com slash Game of Owns, or email us, contact at gameofowns.com. Those are all the ways that you can send owns to us, and we will pay it forward and uh, spread out the love on the next episode. If you're not, there's only two episodes left Ugh. to join us on Twitter as Michael I tweets in. the episode. He has a picture of Project Prane yelling, where did you find that picture, Mike? <laughs> my way is. It's just like, that's perfect. Yeah. When Braun when, and Pod reunite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Once again, this episode was brought to you by Loot Crate. Go to lootcrate.com slash owns and enter code owns to save $3 on your new subscription. And, uh, of course, one other way that uh, you can interact with the show, leave us your feedback, is over on iTunes, where a number of new listeners have left their rate and review. In the month of June, nothing less than five stars is acceptable. Unless you're Arya Stark, and then you can get away with pretty much anything. (laughs) (laughs) There you have it, folks. (laughs) Man. (laughs) We, of course, appreciate everybody uh, leaving their reviews over on iTunes, rating the show, because helps us uh, move up those charts. I don't know what charts they really are or if I'm making them up, but they exist, at least in my mind. So uh, we do appreciate podcast charts. Exactly. So we do appreciate it. Uh, It's a great way for prospective listeners to find out uh, that we exist, especially during the season. And then as we head into our on season, which is technically dubbed the off season where we go through the books. So it's very confusing. <laughs> Thank you. You can also support the show by checking out our Patreon page where we have my favorite podcast, a squad of ice and fire, um, which we recorded a little bit before this week's episode. So patreon.com slash goo and check out a squad of ice and fire next week. We've got John on one side of the field, looking down at Winterfell, Ramsey Bolton on the other side of the field, looking up at John, the big fucking giant, the entire wildling army, Possibly uh, Little Fingers. Dalvo's brandishing a sword. Lots to look forward to. But first, there's one more episode this week. Two more episodes of the show in the future. It's going to be amazing. There's more to come. (laughs) Season six. 